it is Thursday, the first day of the month. Oh my goodness. I cannot believe that it is now March. Like I remember it just being freaking Christmas, like all the snow and everything. So this year is once again flying past. So thank you, thank you, thank you for checking into my podcast, Just and Judgmental with me, Shanetta. I have a wonderful podcast um, show for you today. And uh, this will be another um, kind of personal podcast. But, you know, this is something that not only I experience or have gone through, this is something that's universal or a lot of people are going through now or see someone going through. So you're all going to be able to relate. So as always, make sure you check me out on iTunes um, and also check out my YouTube page. I'm trying to start to convert um, my podcast shows into actual videos as well. I'm seeing people do that and I already was doing YouTube videos. So I'll be giving you guys updates on that. So I was basically you know, living life. And um, I have a 13-year-old son. I was a teen mom. I had my son when I was 16 years old. And his birthday is actually three days before mine. So not only was he my present for my birthday, um, it was like every year I kind of like, wish that it wasn't a little bit being selfish because I wanted to go out and do stuff but I literally since the day he was born could not do anything for myself um until after I did something for him but it always ended up being down the road but I didn't care you know when you have a child you pretty much put them first and you put yourself second so that's neither here nor there so when I was 16 I was a very I'll say depressed little girl, um, mostly because I didn't have a solid family structure as time went on. And a lot of things that I was experiencing, I had no one to vent to, talk to, go to. It was just me living my life. Like it was to the point where with my mother, I can go outside and this is me being in what, fifth grade. I can go outside and just be outside until like 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning. And back then, you know, we didn't have cell phones. We just had beepers or pagers. And it wasn't even always on because you still had to pay a bill for it. So there was no clear communication um, methods for children in those time frames. But that was like my normal. I could do things like that. And my friends sometimes did it too. So when I met my son's father... I was working at McDonald's. Now, let me tell you how work, how much work ethic I had since I was like 14 years old. So my mom was on welfare and she still is like, bless her heart. So I wanted a job so, so bad because I needed things like I needed basic things. I needed clothes. I needed feminine products. I needed my hair done. Like I didn't know how to do a lot of things. So because my mother was not a great mother, I had to learn to take care of myself appropriately because when you go to school and you see other kids and they're like oh you stink or or oh you smell or or your clothes are raggedy or something like this or something like that it's like you know my mom couldn't even afford to buy soap so I had to use water with no type of 
you know, a cleaning product to help cleanse my body. So I was like building a hustler's mentality since 14, 15, because the basic things I needed in life wasn't available to me. And I had to learn, okay, well, I need to make a change for myself, right? So I had a really good friend and we both was like, all right, we, we got to get a job. We got to get a job. And in Baltimore City, it's a lot of places. You know, you have McDonald's, you have fast food, you have clothing stores, you have everything. But if you are growing up in a household where the person you live with does not work, you don't understand how to go about getting a job. So I literally had to watch other people people that I went to school with or were or was in higher grades um, and even just do a little ear hustling because I was like too timid and shy to ask someone to tell me. And so me and my good friend, we found out that a McDonald's that was located in downtown Baltimore was hiring and she was a year older than me. So we went down there to apply we both was very enthusiastic. Like I was like, Oh my God, I'm gonna get a job. I'm so excited. Like I just wanted money to buy clothes, buy um, shoes, buy things that I know I needed for school. Like I was so deprived of the basic necessities of life that I just earned. I mean, I urged myself to get up every day to try to find a job, even though I knew I was too young because in Maryland, the legal age back then was 15 years and nine months. So you can get a, a, a worker's permit to work at a job and you can only work a certain amount of hours. So a lot of places didn't want to deal with all that. So luckily when we found McDonald's, it was like, Oh my God, this is my, this is my saving grace, you know? And it was like, you only got paid $6 and 75 cents. That was the minimum wage at the time. Like right now, I'm like, what in the hell could I have bought with that? But in that moment, everything I could possibly need in life, I had or could obtain with that wage. So my friend applied. She got the job. And they was like, oh, we can't hire you right now. We'll keep your application on file. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like I really want this job. So literally every couple of days, I would call up there, and because I had to catch, like, three buses to get to school, I would always stop past there and be like, hey, you guys, how are you doing? Like, I would make sure my face was recognized because I want them to remember me. I didn't want them to forget because when I got to the age required to use my worker's permit, I wanted that job. So every day I went up there, I would call up there, and um, I remember it like it was yesterday. I don't know where I was coming from, but I had on business attire clothes. I had on a pantsuit. Mind you, I was 15 years old, nine months. I had on a pantsuit with some heels. And I think it was like career day or something, so I dressed up for the part. Really, really good. And I think I was about two weeks before my 15 and nine months birthday um, per you know, McDonald's rules and regulations. And I went in there and I was like, hey guys, I was like, how are you guys doing? They was like, hey, how are you? And I was like, fine. And I remember the manager looking at me and smiling. And I didn't know why he was smiling. And he was like, hey, do you want to start today? And I looked at him and my eyes like literally teared up. And I was like, oh my God, like, are you serious? And he was like, yeah. He was like, you come here every day. You're so friendly. You're so nice. Why don't you come on in? You, you, you're just two weeks away from the um, the nine-month 
needed for the workers permit we could definitely work that out for you so do you want to start the day and I was like yeah he was like do you want to go home and change your clothes I was like no so here I am in a pantsuit at 15 years old in high heels sliding behind the line in a McDonald's because the floor is all greasy from people making french fries and dropping the drippings on the floor like I did not care I slid from register to register to fry machine to the soda machine to the ice cream machine. Like, I was flying everywhere, but I did not care because I was just so, so excited to work. Like, that right there stood out to me when I was young. Like, I really always had that mentality. And that is the time frame that I met my son's father. Now, I always think, like, sh- I should have had basically ignored him But being young and at that time, the whole thing of light skin was in. He was so cute, light skin, and I was like, oh, I just want, I just want to date him. He's just so cute, right? Wrong. So, um, we started dating, you know, of course, having sex. I was like, then I was like turning, I was 16. Yeah, I was 16 then. So, literally, we was having sex and me not having a voice. He would never use a condom. Don't even know why. I think it was like one of those things where he just wanted it to, you know, he wanted that sensation because the condom was limiting him or whatever. So I basically found out that I was pregnant. And he didn't deny the baby. So he told his mom this was the first child for him, the first grandchild for his mother. And I was introduced to the family. I've never in my life met them beforehand because I really thought that, you know, at 15, I I wasn't worried about meeting his parents. Like, I didn't know or didn't care to because it wasn't a big thing. All I cared about was him. I did meet um, his uncles and friends and stuff like that, but his mom, their relationship wasn't good because of their own background um, issues and history, so he didn't live with his mom, and he was only 18 at the time. So... Fast forward, I have my son, and he came to the hospital. I have one picture of my son and his father out of my son's entire 13 years of life. So that right there, number one, is a big red flag, okay? Again, not knowing, not understanding. So living my life, you know, I'm still working, have a big, big work ethic. My mother, even though she was a horrible mother, she turned out to be a great grandmother, um, she would watch him while I went to work because as soon as I popped him out, I was trying to go to work in like a month. Like I did not want to stop because I knew my child needed diapers. Again, my mother relied on other people or welfare to provide and they didn't provide diapers. So I had to make sure I maintained for my son. So I went to work and she watched him. She took good care of him. And mind you, I'm still 16, so I'm not even in the parent mode, parent mindset. So I just really, like, take him. I don't want him right now. He's crying. I don't feel like it. I don't I want to go to sleep. I got to go to work. So she, she, she pretty much had him a whole lot and um, when he was a baby. So when I got, um, when my son got about, what, three months, I was always um, trying to talk to his mom and also him to, like, you know, come around. Do you want to see him? Can I come over to your house? You know, because... His side has a right to see my child the same way my side do. So his mom would come around once in a while. But I remember this one time, and for and I think that for me, this was a real bitchy move she did. And this as well stuck out like a green thumb. 
when my son was first born and she took me to her house, her family wanted to see um, the, my son. His name is DeMonte. Um, so every family has a dynamic, right? This family's dynamic is I will hold you down. I will always have your back. I will never tell you when you're wrong. I will always be there. And outsiders will never come between our bond. Okay. I agree with some of that. But the main things is a person is a person. You cannot just turn your your blind eye to something someone's doing that's wrong, disrespectful, or rude. Or be able to just effectively communicate within your family unit so that those traits and things are able to be used and utilized towards other people. And I say all that to say that our relationships have been a roller coaster since the time my son was born with me and his grandmother and and their family. They are very disrespectful people. But you learn, you know, you learn people as you go about in life. So back to the story of when I went to their house, my my son was just born. His mother, my son's um, grandmother, his father's mother, laid my son out on the bed, right? She had a really nice king-size bed. And I I was on one side of the bed sitting down, and she was on the other side of the bed sitting down. And it was like, to me, it was like, what the hell is going on? Because cousins, uncles, um, third generations, grandmas, you know, adoptive daughters, like everyone came in one by one. And at the foot of their bed, they will stop, peek over to look at my son and look at his grandmother and, and nod either yes or no. And I was like, what the hell are they doing? Right? What, like, what, what is this? And one of the one one of um the family members I remember, he was like, oh yeah, that's definitely Deli's son. He looked just like him, and she was like, yeah, I know. So I was like, are they really going one by one to look at my son to see if it's see if it's his child? And I was like, oh my god, like they really are. But I didn't really think about it in that moment. I just thought everyone was happy. They was like, oh my goodness, a first the first grandchild of the family. But no, because when you come together as a unit and you're all in one room. You, of course, may pass the baby around, but to have my child laid out on the bed and everyone walking past one by one, peering over the foot of the bed to look at him and they keep walking. They don't touch him. They don't hold him. They don't kiss him. They just peer and look at him. I was like, wow. Okay. But again, not registering in my head what all that really meant, you know, in, in that, in that moment. Fast forward, me and his, me and his father have tried to work it out, you know, but he was a drug guy. I'm not even gonna lie to you. He was in the streets. He didn't have no guidance. He had, um, mental, um, issues that I didn't know about until after the fact that I popped my son out, even though before then his mom knew and didn't even tell me so I couldn't you know relate to the doctors any kind of you know history of like autism ADHD things like that like I didn't know anything because although on my side there wasn't anything but I didn't know anything of their side but she waited two years after the fact to bring those things up and um you know we just didn't work out so 
I'm stressing, I'm fussing, I'm cussing. I'm like, your son is not doing this. Your son is not doing that. But I remember as well, because backtracking, when I found out I was pregnant, my mom took me to an abortion clinic. And I went, no, I'm sorry. I went to the OBGYN office and I found out I was pregnant because I thought I was sick. I was having like flu-like symptoms. I did not know what was going on. So my mother took me to the, um, the OB doctor and they was like, you're pregnant. And I remember her looking at me and her jaw dropped. And then I looked at her like, what? Like, I don't feel pregnant. Like, how do you know you feel pregnant? Like, I don't know. I didn't know. I just felt like I didn't feel pregnant. But um, at that moment, I believe I, I did have a uh, an, an abortion appointment for, I think it was the, the week after. And I can't remember. It's kind of foggy. I can't remember if my mother said... I'll, I'm, I'm here for whatever option you choose. I think that's what she said. And no, she had, no, she had said, what, what do you want to do? And I looked at her and I had said, well, I laid down and got pregnant and I'm choosing to keep my child. So I'm going to work. I'm going to take, my, take care of my child because I'm not going to kill my baby. I'm going to have him. So I'm going to do all that. So every moment and every time his father failed to be a father or didn't want to participate, I wasn't 100% mad. But when I told him, I made sure to tell him, like, look, I know I'm having a baby and I am not having an abortion. So you can either be there or not. He specifically stated, I'm going to be there. And then it's like, call my mother. Call your mother? What do you mean call your mother? So his way of handling being a new dad was to put the responsibility on his mom to take care of. And I, again, didn't really pay no mind. I figured, oh, he don't have a real job. Maybe his mom can help me out and things like that. So as time went on, we dated, stopped dating, dated, stopped dating. His mom was there once in a while. My mom was always there because I lived with her. And um, I remember one night we we was living together, and I told him, um, you know, I want you to watch your son so I can go to work tomorrow. I can't afford daycare right now. And he was like, I ain't watching him. I don't, I ain't changing no diapers. Call my mother. And I was like, what do you mean call your mother? So in that moment, I was about 18 then. I felt young and dumb. Young and dumb. I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is what I have to look forward to for the rest of my life. Because this guy does not want to do anything. He never wants to contribute. He never wants to assist me. He never wants to help me. Here I am taking care of all the bills, buying formula, buying clothes, you know, paying car note. And he just here taking and receiving but not giving and providing. And I was like, get out. Just get out my house. And this is me at 18. Get out my house. Like, get out. And um, I just really never understood why you can look at your son and he looks just like you. Y'all are completely identical down to the toenail. And you just don't see yourself and be like, I have to love this being. I have to be there. I want to see you grow up. I want to see you succeed because my father wasn't there. So I want to make sure I'm there for you. I never understand why people who are missing a parent or was neglected, that type of love or support, choose not to reciprocate that to a child that they personally help create you know and 
yes, his family was there uh, whenever they could be there, but it's not his family's responsibility. And this is the problem. His family is too involved with trying to make up for his lacking versus trying to make him become a better person. But I figure, hey, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. If someone was raised a certain kind of way, they're not going to change because you want them to or they should. They have to change on their own, especially if you have your mother taking care of all things for you and your mom picking up the slack for you versus making you do it yourself, you know? And I really never could accept the fact that he wasn't going to be involved. It took me a really, really long time, I'll say about, eight years to figure out he's not going to try because I didn't want to just say F you don't come around my son you're not welcome anymore I never want to deprive my child of his father so I kept trying and trying and trying and trying with failed results even calling his mom to make her make him which you know worked only a little bit because whenever he would need something he'd go to his mother so in the time frame that my child was born, January of 2015, his father has already fathered 12 plus children, and my son is the oldest at 13. Now think about that. That means every year another child popped up, literally. And I remember because I would still go over their house for some holidays. My mother didn't celebrate many. And I remember... <laughs> One Thanksgiving, we at the house, ring, knock on the door. And somebody gets up and go to open the door. This girl is standing there with a baby in her arms asking for his grandmother. And she's sitting there looking around like, who is this girl? She walks in and says, hi, I'm such and such. And this is your granddaughter. Everybody looking around like, what? So... This is not a joke. I swear to you, this is exactly what happened. And every year followed, there was another person that came to a door, whether it's Christmas, it was mostly Thanksgiving, but it was like, why are you people waiting until so far along? So for some of the women I did talk to, I asked them, like, what was going on? They was like, you know, he was there. We was having sex or whatever. I became pregnant. He was like, well, if I can't be there, just call my mother. And all of them said consistently, call my mother. He told me to call his mother if they needed anything. So when I can't get in contact with him, I remember he gave me her phone number. And so he also told me where his grandmother lived, and that's where they had most of the family activities. So all of them had the address as well. So all of them popped up at the grandmother's house where the mother was every holiday to say, this is your new grandson. This is your new granddaughter. And none of them have him as a father because they did this. He did the same thing he did to my son to them. And when I started to see these girls prior to them becoming pregnant, of course they hated me. They always hate the first ch child's mother for some odd reason is like, they feel like you want him back and you won't go away. And it's like, I have a child, so the family's going to always have me around because they're family, <laughs> you know? And I'll be like, don't get this girl pregnant. Don't get this girl pregnant. I'm not, I'm not. And the girl winds up pregnant. And he always smiling every time a new girl gets pregnant, he's smiling like her. I'm like, how the fuck is that funny? 
money. You out here slinging your nigga around, making more children, having more babies, not taking care of now one of them. And then you have your mother out here taking care of these children and you living life, having more babies. Like, oh my goodness. So 12 plus kids of 13 years, the father to one of them. And where is he now? Right now he's in Puerto Rico. He was in Puerto Rico prior to the hurricanes and just never came back. <laughs> and I laughed because so funny because I know I know in my heart he's out in Puerto Rico making more kids because that's all he does. That's the one thing he can successfully do is make babies. Um, he has some potent stuff. I, I I tell you, man, and it's some guys out here with some potent some some potent juice because that stuff is potent. First time, my son now he starts to realize you know a lot of things he didn't realize when he was younger because I really stress. So even my friends that hate their baby fathers for many, many reasons, never talk down about your child's father to your child. Always just let your child be a child and do what you have to do for your child. And as time goes on, but your child will start to realize on their own what type of person and parent that their father is. Because if you treat your child a certain kind of way, and your child goes to someone else and they treat them a certain kind of way, they're going to start to see a difference. Like, well, why is it that I get love, hugs, and kisses over here, but when I come over here, I don't get talked to, I'm always told to go in my room, I'm being yelled at, I get hit, I get whatever, you know. They start to realize, children are very, 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 very smart. So don't ever th think your child will never understand because they will. A lot of things my son goes through his father could really help with because my son ended up having ADHD and a lot of emotional problems that I had to learn on my own to deal with but being that his father had these issues prior to me knowing it's like you could have really been a support system for that because the things that he's feeling experiencing and going through you could have been like hey son you know I know you're gonna feel like this if this happens but here's the technique to not get in trouble or not smack somebody inside their head or you know things like that and he just didn't have that and I applaud any and every man who has stepped up to the plate in a relationship knowing that you didn't have to but that you wanted to most times like me I never asked a man to but if you come into my life and you want to be a part of my life my son is a is a package deal there is no oh I love you not your child then you don't love me at all because we are together so everybody I ever dated never was around my child I don't I don't play that in in and out game with different men because that's a whole nother situation that I'm not trying to put my child through but I just wanted to share the story you know because I'm just laughing at my life, dealing with this man and the craziness and thinking about my son's life because here he is as a 13-year-old young man who knows his father and I really felt like for so many years craved his father's attention. And I have stories on that because he's broken my son's heart so many times and I've called and fussed and angered and it's like, I'm cutting you off. You know, sometimes you have to get to that point. But the solution to all of this, I feel, is like when you have a baby with a guy, know what it's going to be like. 
and be prepared to be alone. Be prepared to be a single mom. You don't have to have somebody there. You may have family. You may be alone because I was literally alone. I didn't have nobody for me and my son because my mom eventually became an ass and we stopped talking and I ended up being in foster care. So I definitely talk about that. Um, And I just realized I am who I have to rely on. So I can't focus on what I don't have or what is not happening in my life because my son is only getting bigger and our lives are only progressing. So I can't keep focusing on the things in the past and be be angry and, you know, do things out of spite because that just holds up my growth and that stops me from succeeding and my son from receiving all the blessings that he can receive as a child. In conclusion... Thank you and shout out to almost a 30 30 minute podcast. Oh yeah, I'm out here. I'm making it. So hopefully you guys have gotten this far and you've listened to my podcast. Thank you once again. Make sure you are following me, subscribe to me so you can check out all these other podcasts. Make sure you follow me on Twitter. I am putting updates when I do put out new podcasts. And let me know what you guys think. If you're on the anchor side, send me a call in. Um, leave a comment. Let me know what you guys think or feel. As always, it's been a pleasure, everyone. Have a beautiful day.